Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor.fm. Love Talk Radio. Teddy Riley 
and Babyface and much to his chagrin, Teddy Riley had technical difficulties and he's still getting clowned for it. Um, did you see all that that was supposed to go on? Because a lot of these artists are doing stuff on Instagram and performing from home and, and they were supposed to battle from home and, and you know, we had technical difficulties here. Yeah, I mean that's expected. That's you know, it's almost like when they're arguing, they're like, "Why ain't Vinny having some technical difficulties?" But Teddy Riley, that's that's Teddy Riley, legendary producer, having technical difficulties on a extremely high level. So it it was funny. Well, they did it. They did the battle. Yeah, yeah, they they rescheduled. Yeah, and they they did it on Sunday, which which is yeah, which is which is great now. Uh, the thing is, like Babyface, I didn't realize he's like in his sixth. Somebody said Teddy Riley, you know, uh, to put it in perspective, I mean, these guys have been doing it for a long time. But the, the technical dip- difficulties aside, it turned out to be pretty good. This back and forth, forth hits for hits, and it's one of those things for me. It's like you listen to the song choices, and you forget, oh yeah, that was a Teddy Riley jam, or you forget like. In the 90s, I, you know, people younger than us may not realize, but Babyface for like six or seven years at any given time, he had four or five songs in the top ten that he either wrote, produced, or sang. You know, your Mariah Carey jams, Tony Braxton jams, the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. That's all fake. And, and Teddy Riley was the driving force behind that new Jack Swing. You know, he he popped on uh, a little bit of Bobby Brown and that kind of stuff. So it was great. I enjoy it. I don't know if you saw uh, someone said we need to get Dr. Dre and uh, Daddy or Diddy or whatever he's going by now to do something like that. And then they said, oh, you know, we've got to make pay-per-view. No, man. No, man. We mm-hmm. already paid for all this. You, if you're not, you know, just put it on IG Live like everybody else, okay? Ain't nobody mm-hmm. paying for this. We're all stuck in the house with the Rona. We all trying to do the social distancing thing. We all doing it. No, man, I ain't paying for it. Y'all just gotta come through it. Exactly, and it was kind of like when Tiger and Phil trying to make everybody pay for that, you know, one-on-one golf event. This was pre-Rona, and I didn't buy that, and it didn't. It wasn't even any good. So yeah, same kind of thing when them guys trying to to get paid for it. But, of course, it was trending on Twitter, the, the hashtag, you know, Teddy Riley versus Babyface. And I saw one tweet that just jumped out to me. This was before they rescheduled. This was back when Teddy was still catching it for having his technical difficulties. Um, this lady, she's actually an author. Um, what's her name? Brittany, Brittany McGrew. She's a writer. And she screenshot a text conversation between her and her mom about Teddy and Babyface fixing the battle. And she texted her mother to ask Brielle, I guess that's her sister, to show you how to watch Instagram Live. Teddy versus Babyface starts at 9. Her mom texts back, who's Teddy? Pendergrass is dead. And so Brittany texts back with the emoji, the embarrassed, you know, hand against your forehead like, oh, my goodness, emoji. And she said, Teddy Riley, Connie, Riley. 
And her mom texts back, who is Ted? He still making music for a guy? And she says, he's a producer, mom. And then the mom takes back, well, how would I know that? The thing I got out of this was that Brittany called her mama by her first name in the text conversation. And so I just said, call her Connie one more time and see what happens. So having said all that, I said all that to say this. Have you ever, 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 ever called Mama B by her first name? No. Thank you. I mean... Thank you. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> are, are, are we having this conversation? Uh, the answer is no, no, it, no. I mean, I I got to the point when I was growing up, I didn't even like saying my parents' first names, you know, out, like out loud. That's, that's kind of how it was when I was growing up. And uh, I know Big Miss and Little Miss tried to, you know, why can't we say Terry? And, and Little Miss caught me one day. I was tired. We were doing something. And she said, hey, Terry. And I said, yeah. And I said, well, wait, 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 no. No, we're not doing that. Well, so-and-so, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and stop you right there. No. You know, and, and I was raised, grown folks get that respect unless they say, yeah. no, you can call me whatever, whatever. But but grown folks, no, no, no. Um, mm-mm. And so this no. Brittany is thirty one. I didn't I didn't ask Brittany how old she was, but it came up in the course of conversation. Cause that's look, you already knew what I meant when I texted her. I said, Call her Connie one more time and see what happened to you. I dare you. Because we're the same age. Grew up in opposite corners of the state. And I already knew what you was gonna say. And this is like the third or fourth show we started. With conversations about our moms, but so you were with Mama B, hungering down. It's brought back some memories. You done got some savage stuff thrown your way. You've been in the summer room, so it's been fun. So this is why we've been doing it this way. So when I saw that, I already knew that you was gonna say you had never called Mama B by her first name. I've never called my mom by her first name. And to take it a step further. Like you said, respect for grown folks. My uncle, <laughs> my sister's listening, she'll be laughing, she'll know. My mom's youngest brother, who is seven years younger than my mom. So when I was, you know, four or five, he was just kind of grown. He was about 20 when I was about four or five. He was 19 or 20, I was about four or five. He had a he had a paper route at one time throughout the neighborhood, the community where we live. All the kids in the neighborhood knew him. His name is Kyle, my uncle Kyle, right? So I'm four or five. I'm with all the other kids in the neighborhood, and you know, Kyle this, Kyle that. Hey Kyle, hey Kyle, hey Kyle, what you gonna do next? What we gonna do this? And so I'm with him. So tell you right now, I'm going. You know what I'm gonna try to do? I just say, hey Kyle too. And he did the same thing to me that you did to your daughter. Uh 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 uh. You know, you ain't you ain't gonna call me cow. You gonna call me Uncle Cow. And I think I tried it again and he's like, uh you know, do it again, see what happened, I dare you. 
it would have been a Jim Everett, Jim Rome situation had I done it again. But unlike Jim Rome, I was smart enough not to do it that last time. I didn't go that extra Chris Everett. I didn't say that extra Kyle without the uncle. So we we both on the same page. I already knew we would be. I might stick a little poll out to see what the followers and listeners say, but you and I both know good and all go well. We ain't ever tried to call moms by their first name. But it was still fun to talk about. Well, and to put a bow on this, you know, there's a 17-year gap between me and my brothers, right? So uh, uh-huh. I've actually got a nephew older than I am by a year. Okay. Wow, okay. And, yeah, and I got some nieces and stuff that are 10 years younger. The nephew older than I am, I'm I'm still Uncle Terry, okay? Like, uh-huh. you know, I, I understand you – you you know he would be you know going into forty four and I here I am going into forty three, but still this is how we're going to do this, right? I, I ain't hey Terry, I'm not I'm not doing that, right? Uh-huh. That's just that's just how it works, and so yeah. But you know, it's you know, how picks up in school, and and well, so and so hey 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 I don't, I can't run that out. I'm going to this one, but I'm going to tell you right now, what ain't going to happen. I can't tell you, quote, quote Papa B, I can't predict the future, tell you what is going to happen, but I'm going to tell you what's not going to happen. I mean, I, I wish I wish I would have, well, I actually know I don't, but I, I would have uh, been yeah. like, uh, yeah, hey, James, what? Are you, are you what? And not, and not only that, it, it it was how you said it too, right? You couldn't even say "mama" or "daddy" the wrong way, right? You couldn't even do that. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got to uh, put respect first, on the name. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, or you got to get out. That that's the way it works. Uh-huh. I mean, that's the way I operate. So yeah, I, I'm right there with you. So. One more little side note before we move on to other stuff. And but look, we don't have sports, so that we, you know, we fill it with some other random stuff as well. That being said, is Papa don't take no mess. Your dad's name was James Brown. I'm sure he heard all of the different. Hey, James Brown. Hey, just like, you know, my last name is Hardy. Hardy's restaurant. Or hey, Billy Burrito, Billy Tuttleverdi. Does is Papa don't take no mess the song that applied to your dad, James Brown, the most? As from your perspective. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that's that's uh I mean you know, saying, people right? Yeah, pe- people uh can you know, is it a follow me on Twitter? No, you know, I my dad lost my dad's going on five years and, and I'm sharing stories, you know, uh some good ones and some ones where I'm not the brightest. But I mean on the outside, he looked pretty hard, but he was the thing about him. He was just very by the book. I mean, that was the thing. And, and if you, if I asked him to do something or asked him for something, he said no. Well, that was the end of that. You know, there was no going back to it or anything like that. He was just like, hey, yes, no, boom. This is what we're, this is what we're doing. So yeah. He was very much Papa. Don't don't bring don't bring that in here. 
You know, and I used to hear friends growing up, oh, man, you can uh, – I told my parents this, that, and the other. I'm like, okay. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You have a party at your house. Your parents will never find out. Dude, are you kidding me? Like, my dad trains the police, you know, CSIs way back. In, like, what are you talking about? Well, you can just tell your parents anything. I'm like, my dad trains the police investigators. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I'm, I'm going to be able to pull the wool over. Get out of here with that, you know. Exactly. But, you know, but, but like I said, he wasn't harsh. But, yeah, he, you know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't come with no foolishness. And I did a lot of dumb exactly. stuff. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I did a absolute love of dumb stuff. But by the time you came along, your brothers had already, I mean, if anything had slipped by them, they was wise to you. I mean, they had seen all the kid tricks from your two brothers, and now here you come trying to do something. You had no well, chance. And, right, and the <laughs> thing was, I remember talking to my brothers about it, and they said, oh, you got dad. He's a kinder, gentler version. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what? You know, relatively speaking, but my dad, since he was older, my parents were a little bit older when I came along, he just told me straight up. I was like 12, 13. He's like, look, I'm, I'm too old for all this. I'm just skipping steps. Like, you know, uh, the kids, you tell them not to do something, and they act like they're doing it. And you're like, hey, I'm going to give you this count of three. My dad just eliminated that. He's like, "Don't do it." Oh, you acting like you're doing it? Well, you want punishment anyway. Like he's like, "I'm too, t- I'm like, I'm too old for all the, all this kind of back and forth." So uh-huh. you jump right to it. So yeah, I got the kinder, gentler version, but again, it's all relative. It's like when Marcus Camby says, "You know, Tyrone, you know, maxing them, getting a, a gentler cow." You know, Derek Rose and all those guys say that. So yeah, it's kind of probably relative too. He's still animated. He's sixty, whatever. He might be a little tired, a little less animated, but he's still not all the way kind, all the way gentle. Right, right, yeah. So you know, and I and I never try to say my dad was tough and anything like that. I mean, he was tough, but he it wasn't abusive or anything like that. But he just got right to the point, man. And that's the you know that's kind of the way I parent. Like I'm not trying to all right. I'm gonna give you three chips. I'm a no. I don't count. I don't count, man. I don't. I don't. I ain't got time for that. This is how things have to operate. You know, everybody's got a job to do in the family. The kids got to be the kids. The parents got to be the parents. 
you know, and things get things get crazy when you get those roles twisted. I am not here to go down that rabbit hole of how to parent your kids, but that's just how I was raised. So that's how I did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, UK-wise, I mean, there's not a whole lot, but uh, I, in my opinion, Ryan Howard finally got a little bit of love. We saw her left off on a lot of lists of not getting recognized as first team like she should have, and even she tweeted out, she got a chip on her shoulder. She is the odds on favorite to be player of the year next year, national player of the year. Yeah, averaging 23.4 points a game this past year. So that was nice to see her get recognized for that regard. I mean, like it is what it is. It's just predictions and speculation and all that. But yeah, she should have made some more awards list last year, and she didn't. Uh, she got a little bit of recognition uh, yesterday or today, you know, as far as what they think she will do coming back when next year resumes. Yeah, uh, Coach Mitchell's going to have a squad next year. I mean, he's he's got some some folks coming in to add to Ryan Howard. They're, they've got a squad, and we saw how competitive they were in the SEC with the Mississippi State and the South Carolinas. He's got a squad, you know. Whatever, and again, with that caveat, as we look forward, assuming things run something close to normal. You know, then we might, uh, you know, we don't know about all that. But if things are halfway close to normal, they they got a squad on their hands. I'm not going to pretend to be a an expert, but uh, definitely, definitely, I'm I'm super stoked about uh, about that. Yeah, and two transfers from within the SEC added into that mix. I'd sit out, but. Uh, player from Auburn, and then Jasmine Massengill from Tennessee. And if you remember the the SEC tournament, they played Tennessee before they got beat by Mississippi State, and, you know, they blew Tennessee out. But Massengill was, you know, one of Tennessee's best players. Carolyn Peck uh, and the other lady commentating with her, they did a feature on Massengill during the game. You know, she likes to cook, and so Carolyn Peck, and I'm forgetting her partner's name, was in the kitchen cooking with her, uh, you know, the whole little piece in the middle of the game because, you know, they featured Jasmine Massengill, and that's who's leaving Tennessee to come to Kentucky. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm stoked. I don't know we'll talk men's basketball uh, here in a moment, but definitely uh, I'm excited uh, about all, all that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We got about 10 minutes or so before Rich Henson calls in. Like I said, we're talking a lot of men's basketball then, but I mean, if you got soapbox stuff, if you got just stuff from happening from last week into this week, you can just, you know, just do what you do. Well, I, I think after after Reggie, we can we can dive into the first two episodes of uh, the Last Dance. Kind of thought oh, reactions yeah. on that. That seems to be the thing. I don't want to kind of rush that. I'd like to definitely uh, touch on that uh, a little bit more. But uh, I mean, just not a lot going on. I know everybody is just kind of waiting 
to, to get back to normal, whatever that looks like. And, uh, you know, we, people way smarter than me don't know. Uh, so we got to just take our time and ease back into whatever normal is. Uh, I, I don't think it's bad. Like some people are, you know, why is the NFL having a draft and the WNBA had their draft? I mean, you have to operate. You can't just stop everything, right? You can't just – there's things you can do uh, even if you can't play the game. You, you, there's still business you have to uh, take care of. So uh, I'm excited about the draft, uh, NFL draft tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't sit and watch the WNBA draft, but, I, you know, I was kind of aware of that. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting as we all kind of wait and see. Uh, some states are opening back up for business, which I'm not going to get into the yay or nay on that, but that's interesting. Uh, we're just all kind of stir crazy, and and honestly, uh, these IG live battles that we're seeing, like we saw with Babyface and Teddy Riley, uh, we've seen a few other producers and DJs kind of do that. Uh, it's giving us some live content. Twitter is much better when there's some communal experience, you know, and that's what we're missing. Without games, without, you know, even award shows, different things like that, there's very few things where we can all kind of come together, get on a hashtag, and uh, and watch it all together. Exactly. Exactly. And as far as the the draft tomorrow, uh, they had some trial runs. Roger Goodell was supposed to be in his house. Uh, they tried a trial run with the Bengals, and the connection was messing up, and everybody's going to be remotely in their own places for social distancing. And so it's it's going to be a roller coaster ride even getting this broadcast in tomorrow. Uh, having said that, with Randall Cobb leaving the Cowboys to go to Houston, I'd love to see him get Lynn Bolton in there. You know, the Cowboys need an inside receiver. We know what Lynn's capable of doing. Travis Frederick retired, so I'd love to see him get Logan Stenberg. Who knows what they're going to do, or I'm not even sure what their board is, but, you know, got a couple of needs there that a couple of cats could fill. Uh, I'm sure you, you know, feel the same way about your Niners or anything, but try or should jump on Lynn Bolton if, they had the opportunity. Uh, it'd be exciting to see his name get called, Logan Stenberg's name get called, and several other guys have a chance to probably sign for agent deals and and join and end up on the team when the season does start again. And you get to the point where you see several, you know, football cats on several different teams. I already got a few, and there's going to be more, you know, on a yearly basis now. Absolutely, and, and we're starting to see that. You know, a, a big deal of no cats getting drafted a couple of years ago. Now we're starting to see the fruits of the labor uh, for the individual players and for the coaching staff. So, yeah, it's going to be – you know, we're not going to have the Josh Allen like at the top of the draft, but I, I think Lynn Bowden is one of those guys who just – you know, he's an athlete. He's a football player. He can make things happen. He could do things kind of like a, a – he may not be your number one receiver, but he's a guy you can do kind of gimmick plays with. And we've seen like the Steelers 
do that with Antoine Randall L. You know, that you can do things where you can get creative with guys that are that are multi talented. And even if he's just a return man, you and I remember guys like Dave Meggett, you know, those kinds of guys that could you know, maybe not run the ball twenty five, thirty times a game, but you you gotta find a way to get him the ball and let him do some special things. For sure, for sure. Um was my train thought, but yeah, um, definitely exciting to see. Um, I really have. I thought based off of what you said, and it is gone now. Um, but we do have Reggie Hanson calling in here in a couple minutes. Um, I think my dad's gonna call in and and hop on when Reggie's on. And first game I ever went to at Rook. Me and Dad went down there. It was Matino's first year, so Reggie Hanson was on that team, got to see him play. Uh, so definitely looking forward to him calling in here in, in a couple of minutes. Um, oh, yeah, speaking of Lynn Bowden, it, you know, we were talking about last dance later on in the show, and, and we're all familiar with the Jordan rules uh, and everything that entailed when he first was breaking into the league and trying to beat the Pistons. I guess you could technically – call it a Lynn Bowden rule that got passed uh, in college football with uh, referees having to be on the field 90 minutes before kickoff now while teams are warming up uh, because the last year it was the refs had to be on the field 60 minutes before kickoff while teams were warming up. And the dust up between Virginia Tech and Kentucky and Lynn Bowden threw a punch and had it been less than an hour to kick off, he would have been ejected from the game. Uh, so they changed that, quote-unquote, the limb bone rule. Uh, and we all know what had been going on between Virginia Tech and Lynn Bowden and, and everything they had been saying and stuff that had been crossing the line and some of the stuff they had been saying all week long leading up to the game. So, uh, you know, he wish he hadn't have done what he did, but you can kind of see why he went upside that guy's head based on everything they had said <laughs> leading up to the game. So um, that would be in effect when football returns, you know, whenever it's safe to play it again. You know, now to be a 90-minute window that the referees have to be out on the field. And look, look, think back to all those Florida State Miami games back when both of them were good. It was you know stuff popping off at the 50-yard line. Every single time, you know, guys had to be held back, guys, you know, too jacked up, guys ready to, you know, throw hands. So, so I guess they want to call it the limbo and rule, or this was put into place because of what happened in the belt bowl. Um, so, you know, so be it, I guess. Well, and I think that's a step in the right direction. Anytime you've got players on the field, the officials need to be there and need to be in control. So, uh we can say that's a little bold rule, but I'd say with the, with officials there, we probably don't even have that back and forth to begin with. There's been some Kentucky Louisville games. Remember Petrino when, and those guys, <laughs> when Stoops was first there, that, you know, intensity meter was cranked up pretty high. So, uh, yeah. When they are both warming up right there at the 50, it doesn't take much to get something ignited. 
Absolutely not. If Rizzy will call in, I do believe it's that he wanted to call in and not be called. So, yeah, he ought to be giving us a ring any minute, yo. So, uh, definitely looking forward to that. And you were a Cardinal fan at this time when you got Eddie Sutton going into Rick Pitino. You were Louisville native. You were couple years removed from Louisville winning it all in 1986. So you would have been Correct. running against Reggie back in those days. So you were, you were all right. red back then, right? <laughs> right. And, you know, I understand, you know, that... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They not make me a true blue fan. I, I get that. I've not been a fan since birth. So um, a lot of those losses don't probably don't hit me as hard as other people. Like my frustration about the Duke Christian Leitner shot, I can't go back to that moment and watching it and just being devastated in that moment. Like I don't have that memory. I, you know, to me it was like Duke Michigan State playing. Okay, you know, in retrospect, I just get tired of that being the Duke uh, Kentucky narrative when we've seen uh, Kentucky beat Duke three more additional times in the NCAA tournament and not get nearly the, the brouhaha as that shot. So, yeah, there's a lot of things, you know, up until the mid-90s, I was – I'm not affected by that, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, freshman year at Kentucky is when you officially crossed over, so at 96. Just in time for 96, uh, is that what we're saying? Uh, no, I knew I was going to uh, – I knew I was going to U.K. probably the fall of my senior year, so 1994. I had all that locked up. So I generally okay. – the first time I was really a gut-punch game for me was the 95 Elite Eight against North Carolina and that loss. Okay. And that one was a – that was a big time. But, yeah, I know it seems – convenient that I would just get on board <laughs> for the 96 team. But, that, you know, but honestly, that's, that's, that's when I kind of got, that was when I was on campus and I, I got caught up and yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm thinking had the team not been very good that year, you know, maybe I would have never kind of made that switch over, but you know, I'm, I'm not going back. Let me just put it up to you like that. Yeah, It's been, you know, 25 years at this point. So I'm not swinging wildly back, although, you know, Louisville friends and family try to nudge me that way. 
I'm not going back to the red and black. Let me be very clear about that. Exactly, exactly. Um, you still have seen your share of football heartache. Now, you missed quite a bit not getting the campus to 94. So <laughs> from that standpoint, you know, you, you've missed some good punches. Um, man, still been around long enough to experience more than your fair share at the same time. Oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, you know, I came along in the mid '90s, and you know, I've had my, you know, the bluegrass miracle at LSU. You know, I've seen Kentucky teams, you know, take defeat from the jaws of victory. Oh yeah, I mean, my my listing is not as long as other diehard fans. You know, even people my own age. But you know, I'm I've been I've been ride or die, and you know, for what it's worth. I'm not just a men's basketball fan or a football fan. Like I, you know, it's well well noted. I, I, I anything blue and white, I'm there. Whether it's soccer, whether it's, you know, I, I do want to see rifle. I'm a little disappointed because I wanted to see the rifle team compete because the rifle team was hosting the, hosting the national championships this year at Memorial, and I wanted to see it just to see a rifle competition. But you know, baseball, softball, volleyball. Gymnastics, you know, anything blue and white, I'm all in. Uh, so yeah, so I, I hope I don't come off as a fair weather fan, but it's just the timing of me, you know, kind of switching my allegiances was was right in line with that '96 team. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's different than somebody that's just you know front runner or fair weather. You know, fair weather is, you know, your you know, Kentucky basketball fan and, you know, Alabama football fan. You know, that's, you know, the type of person that's the best of both worlds. Like, how do you, how, how do you, how do you do that? You know, but, you know that's, yeah, that's now the person that, that just I, picks winners across the, you know. Yeah, that, that I don't get. If you're going to pick a team, like, I'll be very upfront. I became a Lakers fan because I saw Magic play. And they were winning. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. Yeah, you know, 10, 11 years old, the Lakers winning 87, 88. Magic was my guy. Yeah, I'm a Lakers fan. I got zero problem saying that's how a kid from Kentucky became a Lakers fan. Zero problem at all. But from that moment coming forward, I have not jumped off that bandwagon, right? So uh, right. Same, way with my, same way with my 49ers. Yeah, I, I, they were winning. I liked Jerry Rice. I jumped on it. But, you know, hey, I rooted for Tim Rattay. I rooted for Blaine Gabbert. Like, I've, I've been there, not just the Super Bowl years, but I have been there uh, for, for some other things as well. Exactly. And our guest is on the line now. Played at Kentucky from 87 to 91. Played some center, played some forward. Did a little bit of everything in his time in the blue and white. We're talking about one Reggie Hanson. Reggie, welcome to Cast Talk Wednesday. How you doing this evening? I'm great. I'm great. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Oh man, we appreciate it. Appreciate you being willing to do it. You know, two dudes you don't know from Adam, and still being willing to hop on the show with us and talk about your time at UK and 
you know, the cats now and <laughs> everything that's going on. So we definitely, uh-huh. definitely appreciate it. How are you doing now with all this quarantine going on? How are you making it? How are you staying safe and healthy? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know what? It's like, um, it's like, um, uh, well, first of all, I'm definitely fortunate to be healthy at, at this point in time. Um, but it's like I, I say on my posts um, to people every day, you know, it, it's a great time to learn, man. I've, I've been learning so much, reading books. Um, I'm starting my, you know, I'm, I just got my certification for, to be a life coach. So I'm starting my own life coaching practice. Um, today I just finished up uh, getting a certificate for tourism and hospitality hospitality management at FAU. And so it's just been great in terms of just learning and, and, and you know, trying to position myself. Man, that is, that is really cool, staying busy like that and continue to do all those things and trying new things as well. Um, I got a couple of guys that are a little bit um, – been fans longer than I have. I'll say that. I'm not going to say a little older than I am. But uh, I, I was 10, 11, 12 watching you play. Uh, I got my dad, Melvin Hardy, on the line, his buddy Tom Hamlin. Uh, they've been, you know, blue and white for a long time. So I'm bring them in, and we can all just have fun. And, and they got a couple okay. questions I let them ask. And uh, we just have fun with it. Dad, Tom, how y'all doing? Hey, we're hanging in there. Yeah, good, good, okay. Betty. How y'all how are doing? You? Doing good, hanging in there like everybody else. Um, you know, just one day at a time. Cause yeah, yeah. It can change pretty quick. Well, I tell you, yes, what, I'm, can. I'm looking forward to to pass a few word, words with Reggie. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. you doing? I'm good for an old man. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You're not old. You see that? That's not. That's not old. <laughs> Hey, I got socks in my drawers and you guys. <laughs> but but I uh I remember you so well when you played for UK because I, I thought you man you were like a gazelle. Uh, you, you you could you could get up and down that floor so fast and uh, uh just in great shape and uh, at that time I thought you well you were my favorite on the team. Because we were at a point in, in our in our uh, in our history, which uh, the, the 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 place was a little barren, and you stayed around when uh, you could have left and gone somewhere else, and, and I was so tickled that you you did that. That that meant a lot to me, and a lot, I'm sure it meant a lot to other fans in Kentucky. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I I I wrote about this in. Um, uh, I talked about this in the book I wrote, and um, you know when I go talk to, you know, high school teams, college teams, or just kids in general, you know, I always preach to them that um, the grass is not always greener on the other side. That you can't just jump ship with whatever you're doing just because you hit some adversity. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I had some goals when I went into Kentucky that I wanted to accomplish, just like you know every other kid. And and one of those goals was playing in the NCAA tournament, playing in the SC tournament, you know, having that, that chance to win a championship. 
and and, and being able to get more exposure to, to have an opportunity to play in the NBA. And, and those those goals were taken away from him because of the probation. Yeah. Right. So now, you know, um, like I said, from staying, I actually accomplished a whole lot more. Um, mm-hmm. I was a two-time MVP, team MVP. I was um, the male athlete of the year for the university. Um, uh, on a 1,000 point club, uh, All yeah. SEC uh, leadership award. I had an award named after me. So this, I accomplished so much more by persevering, you know, and, and fighting through the adversity. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And um, you know, staying and, and playing the, during the period that you played, um, that that meant a lot. And, and like you said, it. Uh, it 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 helped you to accomplish those things that you accomplished later on in life, and I I, I hear that you you know it sounds like your life is going pretty well for you right now, and uh, I, I'm I'm tickled to death to hear that for our former uh, players and athletes. Thank you, thank you. You know you just gotta you just gotta keep pushing, keep pushing, keep learning, and just keep getting better. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not gonna hog this all up. I know my buddy Tom. He Hey, I, I I I always love to hear his uh, questions and comments. Uh, I won't I won't hog it. <laughs> All right, nice. Hey Reggie, to this is Tom. Nice to speak with you. All right, how you doing, Tom? Oh, I'm doing fine, thanks. Uh, Reggie, you, of course, you had a very impressive career playing at Pulaski County, UK, and with the Celtics. But I'm going to guess probably your biggest thrill was winning the Sweet Sixteen. Am I right? Oh, and no question, no question. And, and 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 you know what makes that 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 um that award or that championship so special is Kentucky. Well, even back then, I think Kentucky and Indiana were the only two states that had one champion. And I think now Kentucky's the only state left only right. that has only one. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. correct. And yeah. and that's what made it special because that you were you you were the only champion you were king of the hill that year number one there yeah. was nobody else there was no two right. a champion three a champion four a champion there was only one champion so that's what made it really special. Yeah, I remember I was there when you won that championship, so I remember it well. I, I'm that old, Reggie. So, <laughs> hey, like I keep saying, you're not old. You're seasoned. Hey, hey, hey Reggie, I'm yeah. a, I'm older than him, Reggie. <laughs> By oh, a little y'all, bit. Y'all are y'all are not old. Y'all are great resources. Put it that way. <laughs> hey, hey, Reggie. Uh, uh, one uh, another thing I'd like to speak to you about is I think you played in the maybe with the on the All Star team with Nick Sanford from Harlan County. Do you remember him? Yeah, I remember. We we used to we used to, we used to talk about how good that guy was. He was he was so good. He yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he went on to play at uh, Lincoln Memorial University and had quite a career there. But uh, you guys mm-hmm. always uh, struck me as being similar in type, the way you played basketball. And uh, yeah, we had a similar build and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And one more thing, and I I don't want to hog it here, but uh, Rick Patino when he came in and took over. That must have been quite the transition from Eddie Sutton, am I right? Is that? Uh... Yeah, that was a nightmare. 
And but and yeah. I don't mean that, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Maybe. I mean that in a in a way that we've never experienced that before. Um, in terms of getting in shape and and the, how hard we had to work to get in shape, how how important conditioning was. That part was the nightmare. But other than that, um, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, I was able to accomplish those two those things those last two years because of what I went through. Uh, playing for Rex. Right. Yeah. Did Did you or your teammates ever have days when you thought, man, I don't know about this guy. I don't know what we got into here. <laughs> <laughs> that was, hey, we had that thought the first day he had to meet with us. <laughs> the, first meet, the, the first meeting he had with us, I remember so clearly, it was Memorial Coliseum in the training room, and he talked about how, he was glad we stayed because there was only, what, seven, eight scholarship players left. He was glad we stayed and, you know, and, 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 and the, you know, he said the program's going to be fine. We have to work hard, get it back where it belongs. And then yeah. he starts saying, um, he starts saying, you know, you got to get in shape, get in great shape. And he, then he goes on to say, you know, now when preseason conditioning starts, he says some of you may not make it through, so you may not be here by the time the season starts. I mean, he actually said that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you you made it through. <laughs> I made it through. <laughs> you made it through. <laughs> yeah. Well, Reggie, I'm not I'm not going to take up any more time. It's been a pleasure to speak with you, and I'll turn it over to Benny and the guys. So uh, take care. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It has been a pleasure. Sure has. Glad you called, Tom. As you call okay, it, thanks, Fanny. for sure. Yeah, yeah so always be glad when y'all call in. Thanks, Van and Terry. It's good to hear you guys, too. Well, we thank you, Mr. Hardy. Oh, yeah. All right, Tom all too. right. Absolutely. Well, just uh, uh, any time I can, can can call in and uh, uh, pass a few words, I appreciate that. Sure to do. We, oh, yeah. We thank you, oh, so Always glad when y'all call. Yeah, always <laughs> glad when y'all call, for sure. Uh, all right. You know, well, we got. You can stay on the line if you want to, and and stay on hold if you want to. Or okay, I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, however y'all want to do it. Yeah, well, tell, sure. tell, uh, I, well, I got one other thing. Tell Reggie, uh, I went to a, a game when they played um, Auburn down there at uh, at Rupp Arena, I think it was, and mm-hmm. and uh, I sneaked back to Press Row and got to meet him and uh, the rest of the guys back there. I wasn't supposed to be there, but I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I sneaked back there. Got a, got a few autographs. <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> hey, that's okay. You're not the first, and you're definitely going to be the last to do that. <laughs> that's but I true. was sick of the to get back there to meet you. I sure was. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, I'll just listen to you now. All right. Now, Reggie, Tom mentioned that, you know, you won the, the state championship uh, at Pulaski County there in Somerset, you know, winner take all, king of the hill, like you mentioned. But maybe I should know the answer, but I don't. I know you're from Charlotte. How did you get from uh-huh. Charlotte to Pulaski County? What? How did that come about? Well, I have I had two other brothers that played basketball. My, my oldest brother, he didn't play. He was in the Marines during that time. Um, but my oldest brother, my my brother is two years older than I am. When we were living in Charlotte, um, he ended up leaving school and joining the job corps. And the job corps that, that brought him to or took him to uh, McCreary County, Kentucky. And the, the coach at Pulaski County, Dave Fraley, um, he had another player named Bass Thomas that that um, was in the job court, and, and he helped those kids get out of the job court, get back in school, get an education, and, and then, you know, they have opportunities in life. And so that's what he did with my brother. And, um, and, at, the, and at the end of the day, you know, my mother made a decision that she wanted us to have opportunities and, and put us in position to – did accomplish some things, and she made a bold move and uh, and moved us to Somerset, Kentucky. Wow. I never knew that. And I always wondered, and I'm just glad to have you on, that this is actually straight up, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> man, and then you pop into Pulaski County, win a state title, and, man, you hit the ground running when you got there. <laughs> hey, you know, I tell you, I'm telling you a funny story. Nobody – no, I don't think nobody ever knew this about me. But when I, you know, when I first came to Kentucky, you know, I come, I come from Charlotte, so I was a big North Carolina fan. And so when I when I came to Kentucky, I was in the eighth grade, and you know, my teammates, you know, they was talking about Kentucky this, Kentucky that, and I'm talking about North Carolina this, North Carolina that, and like, you know, who's Kentucky? And so um, I think back then, I think Sam Bowie and those guys and Turk, those guys was playing, and they had a barnstorming tour. Um, and they came through Somerset to play at our gym. And I had put North Carolina stuff up all over the locker room, just hung North Carolina signs up all over the locker room. And I heard they weren't too happy with that. <laughs> man, you're getting everybody fired up, man. <laughs> yeah, you, man. You are not. Now, that's before, I, that's before I found out about Kentucky basketball. Now, once once I found out about it, and, you know, living in Kentucky, you, you know, you, you you, you you can't you're not gonna be able to escape it. So once I found out about it and how how huge it was, how big it was, it, it didn't take long for me to to switch over. Yeah, and so you're not alone. Uh, we started the show. Terry is from Louisville, born and raised. Uh, and then when he got to campus, you know, he made the switch to Kentucky. So y'all got that in common, making the switch from cards and Tar Heels to cats. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> but but all in now. That's what. I, let me just be sure to put that in there. I'm all blue, everything now. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey, we got Reggie Hanson on here. 
you came forward and center 87 to 91. Before you came on, Reg, I was talking, you know, my dad, who's just on the first Kentucky game I went to. Uh, uh-huh. Looked it up. Went to BigBlueHistory.net and looked it up. It was December 22nd, 1989, Coach Patino's first year. UKIT, uh-huh. y'all were playing against Portland. You had 17 points, five rebounds. So I remember that game. I remember my first, ex- <laughs> my first experience going into Rupp for a Kentucky game was when you were there and doing your thing out on the court each and every night, man. So I'll, you know, I'll never forget it. Thank you, thank you. I'm gonna say what that UKIT didn't last long either, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Southwest Louisiana was in it too, and they beat us. If, I'm, if I got the, the next night, night, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next game. Because yeah. my yeah. dad now, dad and I went up, we got there way early. Uh, just got uh-huh. to Lexington early, got downtown early, way before the game. We just, you know, and I'm I'm 12 at the time. We're just hanging out and uh, we go in. You know, he talked about how he's sneaking uh-huh. into stuff all the time. We go in. Uh-huh. And are looking down from the second level onto Rupp when you walk into the entrance. And I think uh-huh. Southwest Louisiana was practicing. They were having a shoot around. And so we were there for a while just looking, not saying anything. But we got spotted. So, like, one of their assistant coaches, <laughs> he makes that long trek up all the steps <laughs> to let us know that practice is closed. So, you know, we made him walk all the way up there to ask us to leave. But, you know, we stayed there and, and took it all in until he got there and said, you know, fellas, I got to go. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, me and dad was both sneaking and being where we shouldn't have been that particular afternoon. But uh, wow. have, have fun watching y'all beat Portland that night and, and definitely the unfortunate game the next night. But anyway – you played also, like you mentioned, the, the probation and how, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You played your first two seasons for Eddie Sutton. He just made uh-huh. it to the Hall of Fame, you know, went to the Final Four with three different teams. What was it like for you seeing him finally make it into the Hall of Fame? Um, I mean, you know what? It's it's long overdue. Um, it's long overdue. When you look at his career, uh, what he did – you know, from Arkansas to Kentucky to Oklahoma State, and the amount of games he's won, I mean, it, it, it's long overdue. Um, you know, I don't know what goes on into um, when they select Hall of Fame or different things like that, but, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't know, it's a shame that, that sometimes people, especially in his condition, that couldn't have got it earlier to where he could really enjoy it, you know? Because um, he's not in great shape right now, uh, health-wise, and this is something that should have happened a long time ago in terms of him being in. I feel like. Yeah, it's it's weird how, like you said, that stuff plays out sometimes, and a lot of times stuff will happen after the person has passed away. It'll you know, wait and wait and wait and wait right. and wait, and in bad shape, in bad health. They pass away and then boom, they're in. So it's it's good that that wasn't the case. It's, he is definitely in bad health, but it, at least they he was in while he was still alive. Right. Yep. Yep. 
I, I think just for my two cents, I think a lot of it has to do with the Kentucky brand where the perception is, okay, you're coaching at Kentucky and there's all these built-in advantages to doing that. And people just kind of think, okay, any, anybody can do that. And I, I just don't think that's the case. Any coach that comes in to Kentucky because of the spotlight, it's different. And if you can come in and you, if you can meet and exceed expectations here, I, I would say you have to get graded on a curve. You know, what, what Eddie did at, 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 at Oklahoma State, phenomenal. What he did at Arkansas, great. But, but the spotlight of Kentucky, it's uniquely different. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. that can become a hindrance when people look at somebody's career like, oh, he only won 30 games a couple of times at Kentucky. I'm like, winning 30 games at Kentucky is a pretty big deal. I mean, so that, that's just my thing. But I am glad that, that Coach Sutton is getting in uh, to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um you had Reggie, your first you mentioned, you know, playing for two coaches, playing for, for Coach Sutton, playing for Coach Patino. You mentioned uh-huh. the nightmare the minute Coach Patino came in as far as your transition. You went from taking zero threes and of course making zero threes you didn't take any under Eddie Sutton. To mm-hmm. your final two years, you make fifty threes and attempt one hundred and forty three in your first in your last two seasons under Coach Patino. How did yep. you like the change in your role to where you went from not even taking threes to boom, you're jacking them up, Patino's bombinos? Did you embrace that? Did you did you like being able to expand your game to the perimeter like that? Oh no question. I mean. You know, and like I said, all due respect to Eddie Sutton, he, he was a great coach, but he was a defensive coach. He wasn't a coach that's necessarily going to develop you. Um, you know, and when I came to college, you know, I'm six, seven, 180 pounds, you know, if I'm lucky when I'm wet. Um, and, you know, mostly with Eddie, it was either posting up or um, shooting maybe 15-footers. That was that was pretty much all I was allowed to do, okay? Um and then when Rick came, uh, and we had a conversation about that, and 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 uh, you know, cause I told him, you know, I, I wanted to expand my game, and he was like, you know, you're going to do more than expand your game, you know, he's like you're going to shoot threes, you're going to handle the ball, you're going to do everything that a guard does um, in terms of developing. And and so that, that was exciting. It was exciting to really be able to, um, you know, develop and expand my game, um, and and be able to. Add the different skills that I that I did. Uh, I'll tell you this story though. Um, Rick's first year, we were playing Indiana in the Big Four Classic. I don't know if you guys you guys remember the Big Four Classic. Oh yeah, in the RCA dome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were playing Indiana in the Big Four mm-hmm. Classic, and we run a, we run our motion offense, and the ball was swung around to me at the top of the key. I was wide open for a three point shot. And so, but I dribbled in a couple of dribbles, and, and took a like a sixteen footer right near the, 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 the free throw line. So the next uh, the next chance, dead ball, Rick throws me out and rips me apart. I'm, I'm like I can't use the words he used, but you know he was he was asking me you know was I point shaving because I shot a two instead of a three. Wow. And the only thing I could do was laugh. I just laughed. I said, Coach, I said, I swear. And this really happened. I had a flashback to 
when I was playing with Eddie, it's like I had a flashback where it's like, okay, I'm supposed to shoot a two, not a three. Because it was early in that season. So I really hadn't got to shoot a lot of threes yet. It was still something that's really was still coming around. And but I did. I had like a flashback of not supposed to shoot the three and was and you know, and, and shoot a two instead. So um but it was funny. It was funny at the moment to me when it happened. It was funny even after the game. But yeah, yeah, that's 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 what it did to me. And then it was funny. I was looking at you know the the, the game by game stats, and you you know you finished up. You know you you're right at thirty five percent for your career from behind the arc. Your first mm-hmm. game against Ohio uh, in your junior season. You you take one three and you you make it boom. So I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. The first game, new coach, new system, shoot a bunch of threes. Mm-hmm. The the one that you take, you having to make it in that game against Ohio. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then of course you shot more and made more. But boom, one for one to start the season uh, in the new system. So I just thought that was that just kind of stood out as well. No, it was I mean, it was great. You better go out. I tell you what, most any most of our players they just want to be able to go out and play their game, and to be able to go out there and play with that kind of freedom, it was you know it was just it was a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, but a lot of fun. The career high six blocks against Auburn. What what was it about them that night that they just kept learning the hard way? Did everybody just keep coming at you? Was it weak side stuff? What what was up for you swatting six that night? You know what? I say at the end of the day, um, it just depends on the certain games. But something like that, it just depends on the uh, the game and what's going on. I mean, it's it's you know we have scout reports on what teams are going to do, but then once you get into a game and you make adjustments, and other teams make adjustments, and, and you know the, the opportunity was there to block shots. So you know, uh, um, just you know, just had to take advantage of it. As a youngster, you know, I, I remember you. I don't remember every single detail about the season. I was, I was, you know, ten or eleven in your your junior season. But. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Take us through the, the trip out to Kansas to play out there and and bring us back home when you get to play them the following year in Rupp Arena. Because that was like, no internet, no social media, none of that. As a 10 or 11-year-old, I just remember looking at the TV at 150 to 95. What? What happened? You know, that was me as a kid then. Take uh-huh. take me through it from your eyes that long afternoon and against the Jayhawks out there, but then bring it back from the perspective when you got payback against them the following year and run. Um, well, you know, I mean, that first year with Rick, um, me and Derek Miller really was the only players 
coming back that I think started the year before and just had a lot of experience. So most of the guys that we had that year, the other guys, there wasn't a lot of experience. Um, Kansas had a great team. They had a young coach in Roy Williams. I think he, he had only been there for a few years, but they had uh, they had some great players. And and we were playing at Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse. So now that was my first experience there. So I didn't know, but we none of us knew how tough it was to play there. You know, we used to do Kansas was a good program, and you know, you know, we're Kentucky, we're coming to play, and and so we we you know we start the game like we did the beginning of the year. I mean, we we were, we were actually playing well going into that game, and you know, pressing and running was going to be our thing, and so we start the game, pressing, running, shooting threes. Uh, only thing Kansas was doing the same thing too, except they were doing it better. I mean, they had a better team, they had more talent. And so, you know, Rick kept on, kept, you know, he kept it going, though. He he wasn't going to stop. Um, he was going to keep pressing, keep running, keep shooting threes. And as we did that, the score went up. I think they put 80 on us at halftime. Um, and, um, you know, and it ended up with, uh, what, 150, 155. And, um, and during the course of the game, I think Roy and Rick kind of got into it because Rick kind of felt like Roy was going to score up. But then Roy was like, well, you know, if you stop pressing and running, then my guys won't, won't keep running and pressing and running as well. So, you know, it was one of those types of things. Um, but, you know, after the game, you know, as players, uh, we were wondering why did we keep running. Well, we, didn't, we had a short bench, wasn't as talented, and we was wondering why, you know, we kept pressing and running. And, and at halftime of that game, um, Rick kicked everybody out. Mr. Kitely, the coaches, everybody. The only people in there was he knocked over the water bucket. The only people in there was us and Rick, players and Rick. You know, he, and that's one of the first times we experienced one of Rick's high, high-level tantrums, right? And so, but I wrote about this in my book, too. Um, at the end of the day, it was a lesson for everybody that Rick didn't stop pressing because it was his first year. Pressing, running, shooting threes was going to be the way that he got Kentucky basketball back to the high level and back to prominence, okay? So, again... If we had to just stop and he had just changed the whole game plan up and started doing something differently at the sign of adversity, not only will we not believe in the system, not only will his coaches not believe in the system, not only will his, 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 people like Kentucky or fans not believe in the system, but nobody will believe in what he's trying to do. He had to hammer that in, and we had to take a hard lesson to understand how much better we had to get, how much more shape we had to get um, to make the system work. And then uh, the following year, it, it was put this way: going into that my senior year, all the players was on campus all summer, working on our games, getting in great shape, and just really working out and getting better and better. Then we had a Jamal Mashburn and, and Jamel Martinez and some other pieces, and um, so when they came in the rough that following year, we were ready to go. I mean, we we were we were from a talent perspective, we we were back to the level that we needed to be, and um, from the system. It was in place. It was in place and, and, and ready to, to wreak havoc. Yeah, and you, know, you ended up beating them by, you know, close to 20, you know, the following year. You, you know, mm-hmm. got revenge for Not- that game out there and, and then kind of, you know, took it to them when they came to Lexington. Yeah, yeah, we had to. And, and you know what, though, and the thing about it, I tell people all the time, because some people say, well, man, I wish y'all had to beat them as bad as they beat y'all uh, that year before. And I always tell people, it's like, you know what? 
I would have took a one-point win because at the end of the day, end of the day, it don't matter how much you win by, it's, it's that you won. When you win a national championship, ain't nobody going to care that you won by 20 or that you won by one. Ain't nobody going to care that you lost by one. They just don't know you lost the championship. So I always tell people, at the end of the day, the, the bottom line is, is not how much you win by. It's the fact that you win and you want to win playing well. Exactly. We got former cat Reggie Hansen on with us. Uh, talking about his time at UK, uh, all the great things he's into now, life coach, uh, moving to Alaska County from Charlotte. We're covering all kinds of events. Um, Reggie, you was just featured in Cal Tucker's article on The Athletic, uh, reminiscing about what could have been had Sean Kemp uh, had his Kentucky career play out like everybody had hoped. You know, he was coming and then, you know, had the incident and you know, things happened and maybe it wasn't as bad as uh, initially thought, according to the article. But he was there for pickup games. You were there. Kenny Walker was there. Rex Chapman was there. All the players on your team as well as players that were before you were in there. Just just tell us about it. And everybody who read the article already kind of has a, a little bit of perspective, but tell us what was – tell us how it was going down in those quick days with the rain man. I mean, he, he was just, like, literally, like me, physically a beast. And think about it, he did – everything he did, he did it just effortlessly without thinking. It was like, you know, like he was doing it, but he really didn't know he was doing it. He didn't even realize he was doing it. He was just doing it. And we was like, once this guy really puts it all together, which he ends up doing in the NBA, you know, it, it, you know, he's gonna be unstoppable. And you know, we were so excited um, with him being there because we knew that that was the piece right there. You know, that was the piece that was that can help us get to that next level. Um, you know, and, and and but but then when that when everything happened, everything went down. It was just it was just a shock. And, uh, you know, and again, I feel bad for him more than anything else because I think he was, just, he was young and someone else got him caught up in a situation um, that happens to a lot of young kids, that, that especially when you're new and you're on campus and your nose is wide open and you're trying to figure things out, and then that ends, that somebody took advantage of that on, on him. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But those – those dunks on Kenny Walker—that was not exaggerated at all, was it? Oh no, no, no! I'm gonna tell you this: if anybody ever tells you that Sean Kemp dunked on someone, regardless of who it is, it's never an exaggeration. <laughs> never, regardless of who it is. My my favorite highlight of Sean Kemp—you know, there's that mixtape of all his great NBA dunks, but I. It, was it Alton Lister? I can't remember now. But he dunks on yeah. the guy, and the dude da- daps him up. Like, like, hey, you got me. Like, I've never seen that before. You know, right, right. I, you know, try to, you know try, we're talking a little bit, you know, about the, uh, the Michael Jordan documentary and the Bulls and all that kind of stuff. And these young guys, I don't think they understand how great those guys were. You know, uh, all these yeah. pro-LeBron people talking about, you know, way back then, those guys were just plumbers and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, you people are insane. Like, those dudes that played in the 
late 80s, mid 80s, and 90s, those dudes could flat out ball. And if you think yeah. Sean Kemp couldn't dunk on you, Sean Kemp could dunk on you. Anybody. Sean Kemp could dunk on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I like how candy Kitty Walker was. And I think in, his, in the, the top ten compilation on YouTube, you know, Kitty Walker's that he's number three. And, you know, it's like, I'm thinking to myself, why did I jump with this man? And this is Kenny Walker we're talking about, you know, a legend here, second in scoring on the day this one, won the dunk contest in 1989, the year after Mm -hmm. Jordan won it, the year before Dominique Wilkins won it. This is, you know, this ain't Mm -hmm. no under-the-rim guy. This is Kenny Walker. And, you know, it's like, why did I jump with Sean Kim? That tells you all you need to know pretty much, right? You know what though? Here's the thing about when it comes to um, um, when you're an athlete and you when you're an athlete and you're a competitor, you don't you don't think you just you know you're out there a guy's coming and you just you just doing what you taught. Let me rotate, go over there and stop this guy. You don't. A lot of times you don't you're not you don't have time enough to to measure how far away he is. It's just you see in the corner of your eye, oh, I got to rotate and get over here. Um, and, and, you know, so many people you know, so many people have gotten dunked on. It, you know, it's not even a, you know, you get dunked on, you get dunked on. With players, it's like, okay, whatever. I got, they got me today, you know, big deal. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> uh, part of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, it, and the thing is, if, if you're a shot blocker, if you're a shot blocker like Alonzo Mourning, the Kimbe Matumbo, people like, you're going to get dunked on a lot more than everybody else in the league. But, but, you're going to block more shots than everybody else in the league, too. But just because you are that yeah. shot blocker, you're going to get dunked on more. Absolutely. Having a lot of fun chopping it up with Reggie Hanson. Reggie, you mentioned it, and we're definitely going to mention it before uh, the interview is over. Um, you're an author. Ten Life Lessons Learned as a Student Athlete is available on Amazon. Uh, what was it like writing the book, the process, becoming an author? Uh, was it more difficult than you thought, easier than you thought, uh, more fun than you thought? What was that whole journey like as you were writing your book? Um, it wasn't easy. You know, when I when – I, you know, it's a thing. It's like the thing I preach about now when I when I go through my my motivational speaking and my keynote speaking and talking about how, you know, if it's something you want to do in life um, and you really want to do it, you can't doubt yourself. You got to go ahead and just do it. You got to go for it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you can't sit back and and just not do it just because you don't know what it's going to work. And so I went through that process with the book because, I, you know, obviously I'd never written a book. And so I said, okay, you know what, I'm going to write this book because I felt like I had some, some value and some experiences that can help people. And I started writing the book. Two years ago I started writing the book. You know, I'd write a little bit, you know, put the book down. Three weeks later I'll pick it up, write a little bit more, you know, put my notebook down. I might wait another month, write a little more, put it down. So it kept going like that. And so finally, um, I, 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 I literally, I had to have a talk with myself. I had to check myself. 
And, you know, I basically told myself, it's like, okay, either you're going to write this book or stop wasting your time um, because it's not going to get done at the rate that I was going. And so from that moment on, I started writing every day. And, you know, what I discovered is it wasn't about how much I wrote every day because I, I could write a paragraph today. I could write a chapter tomorrow. I could write five paragraphs the next day. It wasn't about how much. It was about just writing every day, writing something, putting something down every single day. And once I started doing that, you know, before I know it, the book is done. You know, I go on Amazon to do the publishing and all that stuff. And, and you know, and, and I was out there selling. Um, so, yeah, this, it was just about me um, just go ahead and dedicate myself to doing it, believing in it. And, and, and understanding, hey, it could work out, it could not work out. But, you know, it ended up working out great. So it was just about me, you know, doing something that I was really passionate about doing and, and discipline myself to do it. Wow. And Amazon, of course, is, is that the easiest place to get it? Are other places where it's available as well? Or should everybody go to Amazon? Uh, right now on Amazon or people can just – Connect with me direct on my on my social media, and um, I have a lot of books here at home as well that that people when people want autograph copies that I just it's just easier for me to get it to them from here than for them to get it from Amazon and send it to me and all that. So I keep copies here for people that that want autograph copies. So they can anybody can can hmm. connect with me directly on all any of my social media, um, and I've had a lot of people do that. That 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 have gotten autographed books or that connected me that way, and you know, and I get them autographed books, and you know, and, and um, let me keep it moving. Oh, sounds good, sounds good, and definitely uh, proud that it's worked out. And once it came together, it was like once you, you know, just locked in and and got it going, and now it's having success, and people can get it through you or Amazon. Ten life lessons learned as a student athlete. So definitely go and get it if you haven't already. Your Twitter bio, your picture, you are back at Rep Arena as the Y. <laughs> What's that like when you get get to come back to center court? You know, uh, a lot of former players have done it, even um, LeBron and Magic Johnson. What's it like when, you know, they run you out there doing a timeout to be the Y back in front of the, the the big blue nation at Rupp. Um, it was a great feeling because I, I don't get back to Kentucky that much. I don't get back to games that much, um, very rarely. And so um, when I was at the game and they asked me if I wanted to be the Y, um, you know, I was like, heck, yeah. I mean, you know, it was just it was just a great feeling to be back and be back in that atmosphere. Um, you know, it brought goosebumps, brought back great memories. Um you know, it's just it's just one of the greatest atmospheres, you know, in, in college sports, period. For sure. And the the Scarf Ascot game was strong in that picture too. I'm just gonna let you know. Say it again. That your scarf ascot game was, was strong in that picture. And it was a Kentucky Blue Scarf. That was that was, that was strong. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Kentucky something. It has UK on the end of it. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I've, I've just I've become a scarf guy. I'm, I like scarves, and so 
you know, I, I, I you know, and, and that was a, I really liked the look of that scarf. Like I said, it's got UK on the end of it, and, you know, you'll be seeing me wearing more scarves, but I, I, I definitely have become a scarf guy, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Definitely just, you know, kept off the outfit the right way, man, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Do you do you get to still keep up with the team? Do you watch a, a lot of games on TV? Do you still kind of follow from afar? Oh yeah, I watch every game that I can. If I'm not traveling or anything, I'm, I'm always in front of TV watching the games. I, I actually, you know, most of the times when I get to sit down and watch the whole game, I, I usually be tweet coaching the whole game. Um. <laughs> And so, no, no, I, I definitely, you know, the cats is in my blood. So I, I root for, I root for the cats every day, you know, every game, and I, you know, I watch. I, I try to watch every single game, you know, depending on what's going on. I, I sometimes I can't, but I, I try to watch every single game. Yeah, yeah. For and you know, with everybody, you know, as far a lot of fan base. Wanting to jump off the bridge when they lost to Evansville at the beginning of the season, how did you like how they were looking uh, come March at the end? Had they been able to continue the season, you know, before COVID nineteen hit? You know, I I see the game in a totally different perspective than most fans. From uh, one, from playing it, and two, from from coaching it for fourteen years. And when you have a when you have a when you have a program like Kentucky, um, especially when you have a lot of young a lot of these young guys that are coming in now, they're coming in and kind of living off of what the players have done before them psychologically. You know, they come coming in thinking, okay, this is how it's going to be, and which in rea- which in reality is more or less it's going to be a tough challenge for you every night that they ain't getting yet. And so for me, when I see an early season loss at Evansville at home, I'm happy because now you got a bunch of young guys who needed to see that, need to feel that, need to understand what that's like. Because at the end of the day, it helped them in the long run. Because by the, like you said, before the season stopped, we were just starting. We were we were, we were hitting our stride. We were hitting our rhythm. And so, um, a lot of times it takes something like that, especially from a coaching perspective, to, to wake your guys up, especially young guys who haven't proved anything yet. Um, so it was a good lesson for them to to really carry with them through the season. Yeah, sure, sure. And Terry and I talked about it a lot. You know, pretty much halfway through conference play. LSU was like eight and zero in the SEC. So Kentucky was six and two. You know, a couple games behind them. LSU had a little cushion. They had kind of separated themselves and and were leading the pack. When the dust settled at the end of the season, you know, Kentucky was fifteen and three and it won the league by three games. You know, just boat raced everybody it's, it's like, down the stretch. It's like this. The, 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 it's like they say the game ain't over to the last second kicks off since it was the season. You know the SEC ain't over until you play the last game of the SEC regular season, and and, and same thing going into tournament play. So 
you know, you, you can't you, – if, if you're having a tough time, a tough season, you can't give up. And you have six, eight, ten, twelve games left. And if you're having a great season, you can't relax when you have six, eight, ten, twelve games left because the tide can turn very quickly either way. For sure. For sure. Well, Reggie, we have thoroughly enjoyed being able to talk with you. Like I said, just just honored and grateful that you took the time out to, to hop on your two dudes show that, that you didn't know who we were and you still hopped on and, and talked with us and took calls from my dad and his buddy and took questions from us. And we'll be checking out for your live coach tweets once play starts again next year. Be looking forward to that. Uh, continued success on the book and, and all the, the basketball coaching that you've done, the life coaching that you're about to do. Uh, just wish you all the best and everything. And, and can't thank you enough for hopping on with us. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, and good luck uh, to the show. I, and I definitely, you know, will be listening. We certainly appreciate um, it. Definitely. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest all right. of the evening. Y'all be safe now. Stay safe out there. Yes, sir. You too. You too. All right. Thank you, Reggie. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Reggie Hanson, former UK forward center, transitioned from the Sutton era to the Patino era, played the NBA, played overseas, coached, got a book, an author, Thinks of being a life coach, you know, a whole lot of seeing and doing and doing a lot of different things, man. Reggie is, you know, I remember him, you know, I go back to, you know, kind of mid-80s. I remember Kenny Walker, not every single game. Fred Chapman, not every single game. Uh, Kenny Walker, friend of the show. Roger Harden, friend of the show, not every single game, but I remember games that they played. Um from probably 84, probably as far back as I can remember, you know, Melvin Turpin, Sam Bowie and those guys. Uh, and then Reggie was kind of in the ne- next group, you know, Chat- Rex Chapman, Ed Davender and all those guys. Then, you know, it gets to the, the turbulence, like you mentioned, the probation, the 88 uh, season, uh, Reggie Hansen, Derek Miller, who 99 made threes. You know, you got guys who are in the 100. Three pointers made club in Kentucky history, and that's it. Derek Miller with 99. But he was one of those Patino's Bombinos as well. And Reggie Hansen was there. And like my dad said, they stayed. They didn't have to stay. They could have bounced and easily moved on to uh, a better, less turbulent situation. But like Reggie said, grass isn't always green on the other side. And despite all the probation, look at all he accomplished. You know, all SEC twice. Leadership, team MVP, uh, and all the cool things he's done since then. So, you know, we have fun with each and every guest, and, and the same was the case tonight with Reggie Hansen. Oh, absolutely. Glad he was able to, to make some time for us and come on. Absolutely. Let's take us a quick little break. We got the last half hour to go. We got the last dance to get to. TV and I were. 13, when, you know, the Bulls started their run of titles. And we remember all this well. 
all the young people who didn't get to see Mike and the Bulls got a little bit of a dose this past Sunday with the first two episodes. They got a big dose coming with episode three and four this Sunday. Dennis Rodman gets introduced to these youngsters as well. So we'll get into the last dance and more uh, the rest of the way towards the show. Sorry for those who aren't able to log in on Block Talk Radio. Uh, some are not been able to get it, but hopefully we can get the podcast out and they can listen that way. Uh, not sure what's going on on Block Talk Radio's end, but hopefully the kinks can get worked out. Uh, and we'll definitely get the podcast out too. But we'll take a quick break now. Cats Talk Wednesday, Vinny Hardy, Terry Brown, Brandon Hardy Radio Network, BlogTalkRadio.com. Twitter and Facebook, S-M-K-Y-N-T-N. 
Trader. Smoky Mountain Trader will take care of all of those needs for you. Number one red reader in the tri-state area. The last ASTB has normalcy prevailed in COVID-19, not changed everybody's lives. We would have been waiting until the middle of June for this. It would have been coinciding with the NBA Finals nearing their end or being almost over uh, NBA season coming to its climax, and then you roll into the last dance. would have been, you know, just a little something extra to consume in addition to the Finals. would have led into the summer where it would have just been baseball, golf, and NASCAR in that little dead period um, before football got going with preseason and stuff like that. Since circumstances changed dramatically, they moved it up from June until the middle of this month. This past Sunday was the first two of the ten episodes, and we got to get the last dance rolling. So, uh, took us back to the 80s, took us back to the 60s when Michael was little in North Carolina, took us to his time at Chapel Hill, uh, a lot of the stuff that we remember, and then some details that, you know, me personally, I was too little and, and wasn't aware of as well. It, it's phenomenal so far. Uh, I, I, I don't know if anything will be uh, there be any big revelations, revelations I should say, uh, in this. But we are getting some of that behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. Uh, a couple of points that jumped out at me, they made Jerry Krause out to be the bad guy. And I tweeted this out on Sunday, but we this was something that we knew in real time. Like, this wasn't something behind the scenes that came out in retrospect like, we knew that Phil uh, Jackson, the head coach, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, didn't like Jerry Krause. We knew that. And to me, it's just a little unseemly that he's the punching bag, and obviously he passed away a few years ago. He's not here to defend himself. There's no one with any weight any kind of heft to be the other side to that. Because here's the thing that gets lost in all this. Jerry Krause was right about a lot of things. He did his job remarkably well. You know, he's the one that found Scottie Pippen, or Scott Pippen, as it said in the, uh, uh, in the clips there, uh, out of Central Arkansas, and maneuvered yeah. to – and, and maneuvered to pick him up and Horace Grant. Like, he found dudes that could play with Michael Jordan and win. You know, he traded Charles Oakley, which people obviously didn't like, Jordan didn't like. But you bring in Bill Cartwright, obviously that was the right move. And the whole, I guess, episode two, talking about Scottie Pippen and his contract, yeah, I know it's all funny. You know, Scottie was the number you know, 120, whatever, 120th uh, highest paid guy in the league, but he was all world. He did it to himself. Okay. Let's keep in mind 
No one forced him to sign the contract he wanted to. Now, the documentary gave some great background on why someone in his situation would want that security, but the Bulls were under no obligation to renegotiate. You know, we see this all the time with sports. Uh, you know, I, you know that, the thing is, get your money while you can, right? Don't never give a hometown discount because you're never going to get that back. You know, we, we see that particularly with football. Get your money while you can because they're not going to renegotiate that. He wanted the length of contract. He wanted some stability. That's the trade-off. Because a couple of years into his contract, the TV money explodes, and then uh, you know, because at that point, I think Hot Rod Williams was the highest paid player in the league, and, and kids younger than us have no idea who that is, right? So all of a sudden, things just start changing, and he's stuck. So they weren't going to renegotiate, and it made good business sense. Like, look, man. Uh, if you can get a top 50 NBA player, you know, one of the five best players in the league at the time, you know, he's a, uh, and if you can get him on the cheap, absolutely you do that. Like, that's a no-brainer if you're, if you're a team. And people, well, you know, he exceeded his contract. He did. But Krause's gamble was Scotty can be unhappy. The players may not like me, but Michael's not going to let us lose. You know, he's not going to let us let this team lose. It was a gamble, and it paid off. It absolutely paid off because as Pippen got paid later on in his career, his one-year stint with your Rockets and then uh, going to Portland, he was never again that dude. Like, Pippen was for all intents and purposes, he was shot in 98. Like, 1998, that was it for him being anywhere close to what we knew he was capable of doing. So it was the right choice to make. The the one part that is just questionable that I would love more information on is uh, Phil Jackson. Like, why say, okay, Phil's got to go? Because even if you rebuild, you still need a coach, Right. And Phil showed that he could still win 54 games without Michael Jordan. He could do that with Scottie Pippen in his one and Ku coaches his two. So I, I, that part I don't understand. But overall, uh, I don't think this documentary is going to change anybody's mind. Like if you think if Michael Jordan is your GOAT, he's still going to be your GOAT, right? If LeBron's your guy, LeBron – like. You can pick up things to support both sides on this. I still say Kareem's got a resume that's pretty good up there. But uh, it was great. The music selection has been great so far. Uh, I do like the cute little way that uh, uh, Barack Obama was a former Illinois resident, former Chicago resident, I think. Uh, Bill Clinton, What I forget what Bill Clinton's little cute thing was, but so far, so good. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to to number uh, to episode three and four uh, this upcoming uh, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And as far as the you know, as far as the Pippen Krause 
uh, all the holes that dynamic. Yeah, we we you know there was guys you know ripping him. You know we we knew of that. He he wasn't like uh, he was trying to choke the life out of stuff maybe prematurely. Uh, and I see it from <laughs> I see it from everybody's sides. You know, yeah, Pippen's that Scotty. Hey, Scotty, you sign what you sign. And he's got to know that. And they don't, they're not obligated to tear up that contract. I think a lot of other organizations maybe would have more than the majority might have. I mean, if if he plays for your Lakers, is is Mr. Buzz tearing up that contract and, and redoing it when he outperforms it to that extent? I mean, if you had to guess, I mean, you read books on the Lakers, you know them inside and out. You think you think Jerry holds his, his nose, Jerry Buss, I'm saying there's a lot of Jerry's here. I, I better specify. You think Jerry Buss holds Scotty's nose to the grindstone like that? Or do you think he, you know, he rewards him? Oh, I, I think he gets, he gets it renegotiated uh, because yeah, he saw yeah. that uh, because his magic ascended. Because after the first championship in 1980 with Magic, uh, he was given that a million dollar a year contract, which at the mm-hmm. time was ridiculous money. Uh, and then by the time 84, 85 rolls around, and Magic is now MVP Magic, that 10 year deal gets redone. And then we see uh, Little Buzz give give Kobe that kind of send off that Jordan got, you know, Kobe's last couple of years, Kobe got the, you know, 25, 30 mil per year uh, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think they do, I, I thought, I think the Lakers would have done that. But, you know, the Bulls, uh, you, you can't argue with it. I mean, Krause put together a team that won six championships in eight seasons. Like that, that was his job. I think the issue becomes, and we see this all over sports, I tweeted this out uh, on Sunday. The, the folks running your favorite sports franchise aren't as smart as you think. Like it's it's not it's not like you're on Madden or NBA Live or you know college football dynasty. Like it's not just a numbers thing. If Jerry Krause had been a more of a people person, I think the Bulls could have transitioned and maybe got maybe one or two more titles out of that group. But you start drawing lines in the sand and things go sideways. I look at my 49ers. Trent Baalke was the GM when Jim Harbaugh was the coach. Harbaugh, three years, three NFC championship game appearances and a Super Bowl. And they can't make it work for whatever reason. People start worrying about who's getting the credit, and that's that downfall. Not to pick on you or anything, but look what happened with your Cowboys. If Jimmy Johnson stays, how many more Lombardi trophies do the Cowboys have? Wow. Uh, One, two more? But you see that. Uh, 
you know, they won that last one with in spite of Barry Switzer. So I mean, right? And Troy didn't even so, like him. Troy didn't even like him. So yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, uh, on top of that, you look at how bad Cleveland has been. Uh, the 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 Cavs. Like everything LeBron did for Cleveland was in spite of Dan Gilbert. That that's the that's that's the thing is ownership of these teams that they're they may have MBAs and all this kind of stuff, but they're capable of being stupid too. And ego gets into it. And uh, you know, the the quote that gets attributed to, to Jerry Krause, organizations win championship, you know, I know at, we knew at the time it was part of a much larger quote, right? But that nugget, MJ jumped on it, and that was the rallying cry uh, for that 98 team, and that's what they used it for. But I just thought somebody needs to be on the other side and say, hey, Krause was right. You know, uh, yeah. a lot of good stuff yeah. on MJ. Oh, but I think Krause was absolutely was absolutely right. He was right to get bring Tony Kukoc in. He was absolutely right to go get Dennis Rodman and add Steve Kerr to the bench. Like his he he proved to be right. The issue was in his quest to be right and do things, he aggravated the two biggest stars on the team and the coach. And and they won to more or less fight. But the moves he made Krause was right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they, you don't have to be bringing Tim Floyd in and, and inviting him to your wedding and not feel that you ain't got to be doing all that. Um, and he does get credit. Maybe he wanted to more credit. Uh, maybe there was some little man syndrome. You know, he went out of his way to keep saying he was misquoted by you know players. What organizations win title, whatever he said, and then he tried to walk it back, um, and and maybe not give as much credit to the players. Yeah, you drafted Scott Pippen or, or traded for Scott Pippen, and Scott Pippen could have been Michael Overcandy, and and you could have lost your job too. So give give Scott Pippen credit for becoming Scott Pippen. Um, yeah, you made the move and and, and did all that. So I, I'm not giving him as much credit as you. Uh, I see, I, I mean, Scotty shouldn't have signed what he signed. Kraus shouldn't have been, you know, trying to bring in Tim Floyd, just thinking any coach could do what Phil was doing. Um, I, you know, Michael saying Scotty was selfish for not coming in in shape and, and having surgery during the season when they started 4-4. Four and four. Yeah, I can see him being upset at Scotty. At the same time, Mike, you 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 getting paid a little bit more than Scotty. Scotty shouldn't have signed what he signed. The Bulls could have ripped it up and and rewarded him. I see every angle working, you know, from all of that. Well, the thing jumped out at me too when we were I'm probably just too young to pay attention to what was going on. I remember him being out with the broken foot in, in year two. And had I, I think what stands out to me was that All Star game because I mean I mean I watched the you know, we've watched All Star games religiously. And I remember him on the sideline. Michael Jordan is out with a broken foot. I remember that. I remember him sitting there in a suit. Remember our 
friend of the show, Bob Neal, on the mic, as he was every All-Star weekend. But I had no idea that he was on a seven-minute-per-half clock slash pitch count. I didn't know anything about, you know, the minute you, you know, the second you play seven minutes, you're coming out. I didn't know about any of that. The game in Indiana against the Pacers, he's, he's just going off, bringing them back. And, and now you got to come out. The coach, I didn't even know who that dude was, Stan, whatever. He's going to get fired if he plays more than one second over seven minutes. They take him out, and he is pissed. He is steaming. He's fuming. You know, got a lather worked up in a rhythm. I'm out here killing the Pacers, and now i got to come out. <laughs> Look at that inbounds play as it's developing before John Paxson who said himself, I got lucky and threw up the shot, threw in some shot. That play was a hot mess <laughs> before Paxson makes that shot. And I thought they were going to bumble and stumble and, you know, kick their way out of winning the game. I didn't know Paxson was going to throw it in and make it. I was shocked. I was like, oh, wow. But it was a disaster. Everything before except the ball going in was a disaster before that. I didn't remember any of that seven minutes per half stuff. So that that was, you know, a revelation to me because, I mean, look, we were seven years old. Had no idea back then. Yeah, that was uh, – I mean, that was, that was, those are nice little, little tidbits. And we know how competitive Michael is. That's part of the mythos to, to Michael Jordan. So there was – that was a, a, a good segment. I enjoyed the background on Jordan getting to where he was and, and Pippen so far and how big, you know, the Bulls got. But let me just a little soapbox moment, if I can. You know, we've had coaches come on the show, friends of the show, and friends with coaches and everything like that. But I saw this going around, you know, you know Scotty Pippen, he was a team manager uh, for his NAIA Central Arkansas team, and he worked hard and look where it got him. Look, you need to work hard. I'm not saying that. Not all of us are going to grow eight inches in 18 months, okay? You know, let, let's, let's be a little realistic. Well, you see Jordan got cut. Uh, you know, he didn't make his varsity uh, team as a, a sophomore, and look what it did. He also grew like five inches the next year, okay? Let's not – get it completely twisted. I understand hard work and, and all that kind of stuff, never giving up, but sometimes it helps if you have the physical tools. Like if you, if you have the physical tools plus the work, that's when you can become great like those guys. But let's, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit on you too can be the next star from – no, no, no. You know, you, there's a lot of things that have to go right to get in that uh, situation. So – uh, I am looking forward to the Dennis Rodman aspect of it uh, a little bit more on 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 Phil, uh, but uh, you know it. I mean, I'm not the biggest Jordan fan. I think he's fantastic, but uh, it's just fascinating kind of watching, getting back in that headspace of you know the the mid to late uh, mid to late nineties. Yeah, yeah, and. The background on on Pippen, yeah, I mean, I knew Central Arkansas, I knew he was from Arkansas. That was about it. 
you know, everybody knows, you know, George from Wilmington, North Carolina, got cut at Laney High School, uh, knows his mom, who's still just as classy as ever, uh, knows uh, about his father's tragic passing. Everybody knows that. I knew nothing about Scotty Pippen's family, didn't know about his father having a stroke, didn't know about his brother being paralyzed in an accident. I didn't know anything about any of that at the time. Um, and just that resemblance, like, it, it, you know, his brother's there talking, and he's just as deep as baritone as Scotty is. Um, and, you know, just that Arkansas, whatever accent, maybe they got their own draw too. But, and you can look at him and tell he was a Pippin. You know, <laughs> you know, he could tell, well, that's, yep, that's his brother. Yep, looks like him, sounds like him, yep, that's his brother. Didn't know about, you know, all the, the hard stuff that he had went through uh, before coming to Chicago either. So, yeah, that was some, some a couple of little details that, you know, maybe that information was out there and I just, you know, missed it, but, you know, didn't really, you know, and even, you know, look, we knew, we know, we know more about Robin and, you know, Southeast Oklahoma and, and kind of his, his story, but I didn't know that about Pippen, so that was cool to find that out too. Yeah, and I think what the, the documentary has done a good job of setting the table for what the the NBA was at that time to what it what it came to to what it came to be. Uh, I, I think we have to when we look back at the Bulls uh, run. We, those six championships, and I think I talked about this last week, the paradigm shifted where you had to have a big-time center. You throw it in, you work inside out. And the Bulls didn't have that. And so they overcame a lot of different things like that. I hope we kind of break break into that a little bit during these, uh, during these episodes. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, they'll touch on a lot because they're still – uh, a whole lot of information to kind of get through since we're only at the beginning of that 97-98 season. Uh, but, but these young kids need to realize Jordan was that guy. Uh, you know, I, I know I said this last week, but we've not seen a guy be the guy in that kind of way. Kareem was a great basketball player, but he was he was aloof. You know, he was not friendly to the media, not friendly to teammates. He just kind of stayed his thing. You know, and then Magic and Bird kind of become become those first NBA guys that could sell stuff. You know, the weapon sneakers and all that kind of stuff. And then Jordan comes, kicks the you know kicks the door wide open. So he Jordan came along at the right time. You know, as everywhere as he was during that time period, we still don't we, we you know we know more about. Uh, you know, any kind of random second-string guy, you know, we know more about Swaggy P than we know about Michael George and, and what he was doing uh, off the court. So, uh, but not only that, I mean, he was just a different kind of ball player. I'll, I'll give him his props all day on that. Uh, definitely don't want to take that away from him. So, it's been it's been a very interesting. I've, I've enjoyed it. The 63-point game with uh, LL Cool J's I'm Bad in the background. Yeah. That, that fit. But uh, I'm glad they hinted at it. But for a while there, Jordan uh, 
people said you couldn't win that way. Like he was a nice sideshow, but Jordan, like you, he, he was never going to win a championship. Like I'm old enough to remember that. You know, he shot too much, yeah. and, and they they didn't have a post guide and all this kind of stuff. I remember that being said of uh, the one and only Michael Jordan. So uh, again, I'm ready to dive in. It's been a lot of great information. Uh, I wish they didn't have so many commercials. It's like, look, man, y'all know we watch it. Give us, you know, take some of these commercials out. <laughs> but uh, but I really I really have enjoyed it uh, so far. I love it that it's uncensored. Uh, I forget. Yeah. Somebody somebody at ESPN says it gets worse, but you know, get, hey, you know, we're all adults here on quarantine. Give 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 me the full the full <laughs> magnitude of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think uh, uh, as well the, the the clip of when the Bulls were in France, and you know you, when you talking to your sons and you talk about how big Michael Jordan was, how big Michael Jackson was, I don't think people even in their twenties, late twenties and younger, understand. Yes, LeBron is popular, Kobe popular. But but Michael Jordan and and Michael Jackson hit stratospheres that only a select few people have, have have been on. And Jordan was that guy. Like it wasn't even just about basketball. It was just he was he was a Michael Jordan. It was just a different. He was just a different guy. You know, and, and I don't think uh, the, the 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 people younger than us really grasp that concept of being way bigger than your sport, right? Muhammad Ali, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, probably Babe Ruth, that were just part of the American consciousness in ways that we just, we didn't see before, we didn't see since. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely out of fun. Um, I had one more little nugget, but it's put my mind. I should have wrote it down, but um, but I'm I'm like you, you know, just respected him. Never was a Bulls fan, but you had to acknowledge what he was doing. Uh, like you said, and you know, back then a six six guy, you know, it was still a big man's game. Him to dominate from the shooting guard spot, if that was a new concept, you know, Bird was great, but there was also Parrish and McHale and you know Kareem. You know, his resume speaks for itself. So for him to come in, like you said, and, and do it from that position, you know, the series against Boston, uh, you know, he's you know, McHale is playing. So far off of him, and Jordan still just zips by him like a Ferrari going past the semi. Uh, Bill Walton is mad because he's fouling out out there on an island trying to guard him. You know, Larry Bird. But look, Bird has said this for 35 years. That was not Michael Jordan. That was God disguised as Michael Jordan. He said it on the documentary. He said it in 86 after the game. He has died on that hill. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's, he's always said it. He believes that. Oh, what stood out to me too was just, you know, it it was good seeing all those memories, stuff that you you know you may have forgotten. Um, 
people that have passed away, like you, you saw the Sports Center highlight, and boom, there's the young Stuart Scott. You saw the interview, and boom, there's Craig Sager. For me, being a TBS kid, you know, I already mentioned Bob Neal, who we had on the show before, but also, and I used to, you know, I remembered it at the time, but I forgotten until I heard, you know, those first round playoff games and stuff used to be on TBS, and Skip Carey, the voice of the Braves, would also do basketball, and there's some of those highlights, and that boom, there's Skip Carey's voice, and you, I just forgot, and it just kind of jokes you, like, oh wow, yeah, Skip used to be on the mic. So hearing all that kind of stuff, you know, David Stern, who's the commissioner, young David Stern back in there, seeing all that kind of stuff, the music, it just it just picks you back up and puts you right back in the the late 90s. And then for the flashbacks, it puts you back into the early 80s when you were a kid watching all that. You know, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I grew up on Skip doing Braves games, but he also transitioned and do, you know, NBA. You know, he did Hawks games, too, for, for my man Dominique. But he would also do those playoff games on TBS, too. And that's just one of those things you've forgotten about. Little bitty little details like that of all the people that you grew up watching on TV, that they were just always there, you know. Greg Sager was always there. Stuart Scott was just always there. And it was, you know, you, you remember that looking back and, and seeing all that. Absolutely. Well, we had a fun time this evening. We put a bow on the first two episodes, episode three and four coming back up. Um, we'll be here next week to to look into all those. Um, hate that there's that commercial interruption because, you know, you, you get in that rhythm of watching it and you get sucked in. But uh, it's, it's fun for everybody quarantine. There's not a lot going on, so it is, this is nice. And I've heard a lot of people saying, I wish we could just binge watch all 10 episodes. And look, it's a binge society now. Netflix, you can binge watch anything. You can stream whatever you want. If you got time on a Saturday afternoon, you can watch a season or seasons or whatever you want to watch. I'm glad they're stretching it out. You know, it's going to take five weeks. This is like when we grew up and, you know, back in the day and, you know, it was – you, know, you name the show. You know, if you were a fan of Murder She Wrote, you had to wait till the next week for the next episode. Um, you know, the TGI stuff on, you know, Family Matters Full House, you had to wait till that following Friday. If this was bingeable and you watched it all this past Sunday, well, now what you gonna do? You still right back to mm, searching for content. So, you know, I'm glad they're stressing it out two at a time. Gives you something to look forward to as you hunker down, and it's. It's spaced out to help you pass the time over this next month while you're hunkering down. So it's old school now. And all these people that are instant gratification, they got to wait a whole week like we used to have to. Oh, absolutely. Like I said before, it's a communal experience that we've been lacking uh, with sports mm-hmm. going where you can hop on, do the hashtag BBN and, and kind of be in our little group. So it, it, it's, uh, it, it's great. I'm glad they're doing it. Uh, let's get fewer commercials and, and more uh, more <laughs> of the, uh, the 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 cocaine circus or whatever that was. That that was <laughs> yeah. the Because Mike was like, I walked into the hotel room and all my people were there with you know it was cocaine and marijuana and all these girls and it's like whoa 
Can yeah. you imagine being one of those dudes? Because here's the thing about it. You know who's on those early bull teams? Kyle Macy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so some of those guys, oh, they got some explaining to do. You know, hey, was that day? No, yeah. it wasn't me uh, in Peoria <laughs> that night. Right, right. Yeah, so it was cool getting those little details from, from like, you know, 85, 86, you know, that seven, eight-year-old, nine-year-old us was just oblivious to. So, yeah, that was fun. Looking forward to three and four. Looking forward to, you know, doing this again, whatever news we have the next week. We just take it a day at a time until then. Like, don't y'all call y'all mamas by their first name and, you know, take it from Terry and I. You just you just can't be doing that, as Governor Bashir said. But we have fun, man. Thanks to Reggie Hanson. Glad my dad and Tom called in. Always fun. We have a former player and coach on that uh, they remember and they get to call in and interact. So that's cool as well. Keep staying safe. Tell my B hello. Uh, and we'll do it all again next week. And we'll just keep taking it one day at a time like we've been doing. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Reggie, yeah. for uh, j- jumping on with us. Absolutely. Podcast will be up shortly, y'all. For another episode of Cat Talk Wednesday. Right. Right. How you ready to work? Right. Right. How you ready to work? Right. 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 See y'all next week.